Biohazard from Brooklyn, New York, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's my song. Indeed. Indeed. And unfortunately, it's not in what we're talking about tonight, but uh, it is a fucking fantastic <laughs> song. And welcome, everyone, to Thunderdome Metal Reviews, where tonight we are doing a discography blast on Brooklyn, New York's Just Ask Them to Tell You's own Biohazard. I'm the Reverend Dangerously. With me, as always, are Dr. David Pizzo and Tracy the Chicken Slaughter in Newport. Gentlemen, how are we all doing today? We're, we're fucking thawing out. That's how we're doing. Like it's, yeah. mel- it's melting. It's melting. Slowly, but it's melting. Slowly. I'll take it. Yeah, it's, we're turning the tide. On the, we can drive the on it. We're winning the war on the cold front. <laughs> yeah, we got up to like 18. It was fantastic. Oof. Yeah. It was still seven degrees when I went out this morning. Seven. Uh, and then it went to like 42 during daytime today that's good good shit but anyway i'm doing great how about you tracy all doing pretty good uh had to work today it's always fun working on saturday oh it's bad they're working tomorrow as well wow okay then yeah they're behind on the chicken carcasses so so ben tell us why you picked biohazard because you got this is your pick what's what's the deal there it is my pick and and it's honestly partially because i know tracy didn't have and i'm not sure exactly what your history with them is either but when we did the two biohazard albums previously tracy had never heard them before and biohazard for much of the 90s was right up there in my pantheon with slayer and pantera and sepultura and I just really, really liked them. So when we started doing the discography blast, I was like, well, fuck it. Uh, let's just keep doing Biohazard. No, I, I have a bit of experience with them. I had friends who liked them a lot. And uh, especially, man, let me look back at their discography really quick. Some of that mid-90s stuff. Let's see. I'm looking back. What's the album we listened to? A ton? Urban Discipline, of course. Like, listen to that a ton. And I had already New World Disorder and Uncivilization. Which I have to admit, maybe we make bias migrating a tiny bit. And I loved Uncivilization. That almost kick ass from a shitty time. It was from 2001. So I had that experience, but I had missed um, three of the four albums we're going to do today. Like I sort of just kind of forgot. It was, you know how it is. It wasn't on purpose. No, totally. After, after Uncivilization, I didn't hear Killer Be Killed or Means to an End. I really do want to hear Reborn and Defiance. I haven't heard it yet. And somehow I, like I heard Save the World Address. I don't know how I missed Model. I, actually, I know what I was abroad. I was not here. Not to say there was not Biohazard in Berlin, but it was. Uh, yeah, because that's actually really <laughs> funny to me because the live album that they released, No Holds Barred, after Model A, I think, is it, yeah recorded in Germany. I think so. Yeah, I was too busy like not buying Ice Earth albums. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming they were European, not knowing that they were you know MAGA. Anyway, different. Well, I'm pumped you did this because. Uh, I like always liked them, but somehow I never got as into them as as Slayer or Pantera. I think I don't have quite the hardcore background you do. Like I appreciate it. I understand the flow back and forth between hardcore and metal. But um, so this was cool. This was good stuff. Prior to this podcast, I had heard zero Biohazard albums. Like I knew who they were, but had never heard any of them. They were always kind of talked about in that periphery. My uh, hardcore repertoire was Haybreed. And that's as deep as it went. <laughs> so, so graciously through Ben, I've heard Urban Discipline to Save the World Address. I wandered my way onto self-titled debut. So I, since this podcast started, I've knocked out with these four, seven Biohazard albums of their 10. It's a lot of Biohazard. So I feel about Paradise Nine Lost. Albums. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but, count the, uh, student, or the uh, live album. Sure. But. Yeah, but no, they put out a lot of music in spite of some very, as I'm sure we'll talk about, difficult with circumstances. Everybody, it was they kind did. of amazing because I mean, there for a while they never. Uh, here's the thing with them is that they never really got big. They got on the cusp. I mean, they had, and we talked about this on the episode for that album, but they had the video that was played the most on um, Headbangers Ball, which was for punishment off of Urban Discipline. Got really big. We're on Ozfest, toured all over the world. You know toured with Slayer, fucking Ozzy, just everybody. And there was a lot of hype going into State of the World Address, and that underperformed according to what the sales figures were supposed to be. 
And then Mataleo did too. And then they were off of the, the major labels and just kind of bouncing around. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned um, Uncivilized, that that was mm-hmm. one of the, your first ones, because that's where I got off. I didn't listen to Uncivilized because I'd listened to, to Mataleo, Sure. Um, then the live album, then heard New World Disorder, and I liked it. But that's where I kind of lost track of them is, is after that album. Sure. Some of those albums of the 90s Salt were like platinum, yeah. right? I think some of them sold over a million copies is what I was reading. I was like, shit, dude. Some of the, 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 the like, I think Urban Discipline. And uh, yeah, I think they, they were moving units. Yeah, I don't know how. I, I know that those were really big albums. They were. But I don't know how, what their either units per were. I'm having trouble. I, the, one of the problems is I read like a bunch of different stuff for doing these things. I don't remember where, where I read that. But anyway, I think they moved over a million units of urban so, discipline. What's funny, though, is, is in saying that, that, it shows you the state of the record industry because Evan Seinfeld has mm-hmm. said at the bassist that in his brief porn career, which was a few months in the, the early 2000s, I think it was, after he was on Oz, that he made more doing that than he did in the previous 10 years touring with Biohazard, Jesus. which would have been at their recording peak. That's fucked. Jesus. I believe it. No, I believe that, though. It's brutal. Well, yeah, and they're also not having to split it with managers and, and road Lawyers. And and, yeah, yeah totally. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Biohazard seems to be like that band that was always on the cups of being a headlining act, but they never could cross into it. And they're always up the next, the second on the mm-hmm. bill from what you guys explained it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think that they were a, a headliner, but they were just never, they never crossed the threshold into mega stardom, like a Megadeth or a Metallica did. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I know anything about him is because of Jamie Josta, and he's mentioned him a few times. And so, Indeed. like, that's where I knew of him. But outside of me having to go look for him, like, they never entered into the periphery. So, so uh, Ben, it says Urban Discipline sold over a million copies. Judgment Night, which maybe we'll talk about, which they were on, sold two million copies. State of the World Address sold over a million copies. Yeah, but I mean, that just shows how fucking yeah. crazy the record industry Indeed. is. That and that nothing. was in the '90s, back when units still were moving yes, stuff too. Totally. So, totally. They had so, a million selling album was considered a, a fucking disappointment. Let's let's see who the distributor was for that for Stay of the World Address. It was uh, I think they were off Roadrunner. They were on Warner by then, I believe. Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, they were on Warner Brothers because that's so they what they were, were on Mataleo. So they were expecting some shit like black album movement of sales, probably, and that didn't happen. Well, we don't know how long it took them to sell that million albums either. Not that we, we don't million we don't. albums isn't impressive as fuck but they were probably we expect this to open in the top 10 and then when they open in like the top 50 they're like well fuck these guys yeah because i'm of. sure that's not something that warner brothers was really i mean warner brothers to their credit did put a lot of promotion behind it because i remember seeing the advertisements for that album every fucking way back in the day yeah yeah but well, i mean even tv commercials but you know it's probably one of those things that as aggressive as they are they probably don't really mesh well with major label. I don't know. It's oh no, it's hard I suspect not for a variety of reasons. I guess we'll get into. We talk about <laughs> lyrics and themes, yeah. and and then also like you have a hardcore band that hit top fifty in the U.S. I mean, in the early nineties, what are you fucking expecting from them? Granted, it's right at the cups of new metal taking sure. off, but still. That's a hardcore band in the mid-90s hitting top 50 in the U.S. I know. And, I mean, they were, as Ben mentioned, that live album was recorded in Hamburg. I mean, they were, you know, they were pretty big. There's at least in Germany. Fucking Road Warriors, that's for sure. Because they were touring everywhere, which kind of pisses me off that I never got to see them live. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm not sure I did either. I'm, I, You know, sometimes I'm like, surely I saw them at such and such festival, but I don't think so. Maybe I did. I don't. I certainly don't remember seeing them, and I never. I, you know, I never went to like the Biohazard sure. show, which I kind of regret. They. I think they were probably real fun. Yeah, my buddy up here, Emilio, who's from New York, has saw mm. them a lot, of course, and uh, Typo Negative and those guys. So all the New York bands, he kind of saw a whole lot. Um, he always he has said that they that they were really cool live, and that they were living the gimmick. That this wasn't just a put on thing with them. That they were actually out, you know, fighting and all the time. So oh, like, I know. I think they were Pantera grade. Yeah, in terms of, I mean, not, not you know like Gigi Allen or anything, but I, they were, um, yeah, no, I think I think their shows were probably uh, for reals. I mean, it's fucking Brooklyn, dude, and yeah, Brooklyn I mean, then, not God help them, the sort of urban outfitters, Williamsburg, Brooklyn of today. Yeah, exactly. I guess to kind of weed into Model Leo, or how you want Leo, is that right? I assumed Leo, like Spanish. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's Leo, but Mata okay. Leo. Well. Kind of I mean, like we're, we're the... rednecks, Tracy. Yeah. Is, is what it is. <laughs> we're from the south. You get what you get. 
What's up, Connor, Matt, Matt, my boy, Matt Mata Leo. <laughs> <laughs> but like getting into it, Mike, you could tell with their sound coming out of it. They're like, there's some amalgamation that I don't think you get anywhere else outside of early nineties, New York. Cause they got that mix of East coast hip hop. They've got that punk sound and they got that heavy metal and it's all rolled into piss and vinegar and anger that these guys channel into their music. And I don't think you get that anywhere else, but Brooklyn early nineties. That does sound like that. And that's when I first started going to New York and started sort of a love affair with that city. Uh, it was, it was a little rougher then. Yeah, I'm still going to push back on that a little bit. And I, I think when we talked about the other albums, it was because of Suicidal Tendencies. Granted, Suicidal Tendencies had a whole lot more humor wrapped up in their shit than these guys do. They do. But they're, they're, it's still that inflection point of metal and rap and, and all these other styles. It's just more laid back West Coast as opposed to East Coast. Thing. Like Suicidal Tendencies has that skater boy kind of like twist to it. I can see that. As yeah. an aside, I think it's Mata Leao. It's from mm. uh, Portuguese, not Spanish. Oh, it's a chokehold in Brazilian jiu-jitsu because yeah. of fucking course it is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Mata Leao. Um, Lion killer. That's it. You got some, I bet you get some info about that for us, Ben. I mean, you feel like we're sort of, I feel like we're already getting into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into it because uh, we've been talking about the band for a while, so which I could talk about. The first oh, no, days, me too, but... but um, it's just it's, let's just do it let's do it this is their fourth studio album as we kind of hinted around at it was recorded in california comes in at 38 minutes and 23 seconds on warner brother records produced by the band and by dave jordan who had done some producing for alice and chains and jane's addiction the personnel on the album are evan seinfeld on bass guitars and vocals billy graziato on lead and rhythm guitars and vocals dj lethal on turntables and danny schuler on drums and percussion so this is the oh, sorry, you of all ben albums you think ben wrote this album ben uh, did I, you get this album when it came out <laughs> I did. did you record this album did you write this album i'm saying that because the runtime's 38 minutes it's got 15 oh, no, tracks totally. on it and it's like the longest song is just right over five I, minutes i thought that too and then just some of its thematic content i'm like man ben you've done it again <laughs> and, the, and the opening track has a chorus of fuck the rules fuck fuck the rules i was in heaven that's it, listening that's to it. this not to get into to no, totally <laughs> totally no, it's fun. It's a fun album. And again, I missed this one, so I was it was it was cool. I was They're pissed, man. Years old enough came out. Yes, they were. They were very pissed, were which pissed remains consistent. Oh, throughout. Though I don't know, Killer Be Kills. We're going to talk about that album. I think they were actively killing people with saws while they made yeah, that they music. Were, I'm pretty upset with that one. I, I, yeah, I feel like these albums still have a little bit of the '90s Judgment Night grounded a little more in hip hop sound compared to some of what we're going to talk about later. Especially that album, something about Killer Be Killed. I don't know if it's because I'm trying to remember if that's one where the demos burnt to a crisp and they had to fucking do it all over again. That happened to them. They had to like re-record the entire album. Yeah, I don't remember which one that was. I'll find that either. real quick because I, I I think it actually may have been. I feel like it was either that one or means to an end. What's interesting about this one, especially in listening to it as the follow-up to State of the World Address, because State of the World Address, they leaned heavier on the rap side of it, I thought. I mean, they had uh, Be Real come in on that one, and they actually had a rap track. It's a hidden track to end the album and all this other stuff. And there's still elements of that, but it's it's much more integrated as opposed to being something that kind of feels Frankenstein added on to it as some of the earlier stuff does, or even the Judgment Night song from that movie soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, yes, apologies. It was Means to an End that was lost in a studio disaster, and they had to completely re-record it. Uh, man. <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> I've had that happen when writing things. It's, you lose it all. Yeah, but you'd also probably didn't spend like, Correct. Thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> Studio time in, in my Word doc. No, that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, I feel like this is, while more hip-hoppy and grounded in that world than the two, part of it is the albums are reviewing, because we're doing the 99, 03, 05. Um, but I, I, you can sort of see the trajectory from Urban Discipline to this by mm -hmm. the time you get into Uncivilization, which we're not doing, but... Um, you know, there's still some hip hop elements, but I agree with you. They really, whether it was, you know, bringing Be Real on or just the whole Judgment Night project, which, yes. you know, which, we will uh, talk about at some point. I'm not familiar with that Judgment Night project. So uh, it was a movie. The movie was, was. not that good. The movie was terrible. The soundtrack was awesome. A banger. <laughs> Every one of them was mm -hmm. some metal artist and a hip hop artist. So like Slayer was on there with, I think, with Ice T. It was. 
Yeah, it was Slayer so like, Bye. That sounds like half of like late nineties, early two thousands movies. No, well, okay, touche. Yeah, with a soundtrack like <laughs> any Resident Evil movie where the soundtrack was way better than the movie. But what I was gonna say is, I guess we're talking about it now. That I would argue is one of, if not the birth of, because you could argue that like Anthrax and maybe like Walk This Way, like there was some yeah. rap metal crossover earlier, rock, rock and rap. But I would argue in terms of the real eruption into rap metal as we know it, you know, getting into Limp Bizkit and all that was Judgment Night. At least in terms of convincing albums, it was commercially viable. Like, I'm sure there was a whole underground scene. I have to admit, I don't know a whole lot about Limp Bizkit's backstory. I kind of don't want to know. But uh, I do know that it even Halen waved a gun in his fucking face. I do know that. That did happen. But uh, so I think Judgment Night was important, if nothing else, as a marker of rap metal's ascendancy to seeming world domination until it like caught fire. like Until it didn't. Yeah. Crashed down to the ground. Uh, the onion. I'm never forget. There was an onion article in that period that said rap metal was now the, I think it was like the seventh greatest danger to Americans between <laughs> Belgians and zoo animals, like in terms of like the threat level. Um, but to be fair, to take us back to Biohazard, you know, uh, I think that hardcore thing both was sort of earlier in terms of their roots, and they held on to it more consistently. This feels less punk than any of their other albums. That's I'll say that. Um, because there's some experimentation that goes on it. I don't want to get start getting into tracks yet because Tracy really hasn't sp- said anything about this. Mm-hmm. But they and the, stylistically from song to song, there is more experimentation on this album than the other three that we're doing for this review tonight for this blast. I, I will agree with you in that aspect and like there's more experimentation, but I feel like in their urban discipline and state of the world address, like their songs are more consistently similar in those two albums. And this one, it seems like one track is here's the hip hop one tracks. Here's some more punk one tracks. Here's some metal stuff. Oh, and then like, it's not as consistent from track to track and time in terms of stylization as to opposed to just, they're all over the board on this album. I think that's what you liked Prog boy. No, no, like I don't, <laughs> I'm not making complaints about it, but I'm saying like, you're getting a, di- a much more significant like difference across it. No, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Which is neat. And sometimes you're like, okay, cool. But also it kind of makes it hard to, in a sense, like as a whole thematically, you're putting it all together in a ball and wrapping your head around it because you're like, uh, what the fuck's going on here at times? I don't know. I thought the anger was pretty consistent. In every well, track, the anger is so. consistent. The anger is, you beat me to that. The anger is a unifying thread and their desire to yeah. punch you in the face is consistent. <laughs> they may do it in a more hardcore way or a more straight metal way, but they're going, yeah. to, they're going to punch you in the throat or, you know, they're going to kill your lion in the manner of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu yeah. which I'm not going to lie. I can even see it highlighted here. I went down to Brazilian jiu-jitsu Wikipedia hole because of looking this up. So we don't, again, that's well, dude, I mean, for the time to now somebody copying onto some Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff, I would think, Oh, you're just being gimmicky, but you actually had to kind of be in the know about it at oh, in yeah. fucking 1990. Yeah. Six, because I mean the UFC was barely a fucking thing. Then. No, it was barely a thing. I'm you sure were, someone beat the shit out of one of them. You were crazy. <laughs> using it, the shit like, out of them, yeah. man, you kicked my ass. Like, what was that? You just did. Like, oh, that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's that's Gracie Shamrock, like round one, 1992. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good times. Indeed. So, shall we talk about some songs now? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about some songs. Yeah, There's a lot of ones on here. I vote for Ben to go last. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> Look them all. It's. I, I will say this for nearly all these albums. They are so, especially this one, so fast paced, and they go so fast from one to the other. I mean, it's just, it's a little hard at times to pick out specific songs. Though I can, because sometimes they start screaming shit that's hilarious or amazing. But I mean, in some ways, it's just like boom, next song, boom, next song, boom, <laughs> next song, boom. You're like, oh shit! Like you barely caught your breath, and like a lot to learn. It's a minute and twenty nine seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's then it's over. And it's kind of crazy also on that because we had to find a couple of them on YouTube that one of them, yes. it's just the full album from start to stop. Yes. And you're like, uh, what song is this? That was my, I thought that same thing. It really changed my experience because I'm Apple spoiled. Yeah. And so the fact that it was just a blob of sound, I'm like, what is this, a record? Like, so I, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to admit, Killer Be Killed, I wasn't always entirely sure what song I was on, but I also didn't care. So. The pace of this album is fun, though. I mean, it really is just a relentless ride into the into destruction. Yes. 
at 15 songs, 38 minutes. My dude Slayer would dare. Like, that's that's even beyond Slayer grade. Yeah, and they all don't feel, like, super fast either, which is the interesting thing. Yes, well, indeed. I find this funny, and you kind of uh, spoiler for the next time we're going to do. This album, Mato Leoa, is 15 tracks, 38 minutes. The next album is 14 tracks, 53 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, here, we're going to do one less song and give you 15 more minutes. Yeah, and, I mean, like, and then the other two are back at the 35 minutes and just like, here you go, we're done. In and out. We put our time in. Modern yeah. democracy. It, you know, authority is a good... This album opens hard and does not let up. No, it's start to finish. These highs have seen cleansing, mm-hmm. modern democracy. Modern democracy is awesome. Gravity. I will say, I think this might be my least favorite of the four we did. I may say I, I kind of feel the same way too. I like it, but I agree with you. I did not like it nearly as much as New World Disorder, or which I keep referencing, but Uncivilization, which we didn't listen to or means to an end. It's still a good fucking album, though. I mean, these guys—they know how to party. They know how to play their instruments. They're really pissed off. They don't give a shit if you don't like that their song is a minute and twenty seconds, like at all. No, they—they they certainly did not care about that at all. Um, for as far as the tracks on this, I'm going to slightly disagree with you guys. In that this is not by far my favorite one of Biohazard's albums, but I think it might be their best. And, and the reason I think mm. that is because they do stretch their legs and, and do some things that they don't do on other albums. Uh, for example, I love Authority, That's but that's kind of a Biohazard staple thing. These Eyes Have Seen, which I really enjoyed the way that Billy used his voice on that because you actually mm. does kind of sound hysterical like he has actually seen somebody die. Whether Indeed. he actually has or not, I don't know. I will yeah, assume I, 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 I'm sorry to interject, but I do think the vocals are more nuanced and better than on Killer Be Killed. Mm-hmm. For that, in that exact way, in that there's a sort of uh, a little more nuance, a little more exploration of different tones, and that sort of pathos comes across because they kind of are just yelling on yeah. the later, on the later. Yeah, um, I love when they slow it down and waiting to die. That's one of my favorite fucking mm-hmm. songs of theirs. I just really, really like that partially because to me at least and it's because of my interest in other genres of music that that reminds me of the town's band zant song uh waiting around to die um thematically you can kind of see why but just that record scratch and then like that ambient noise that they have in that i really like and then closing with in vain holy fuck which if you don't know this a track about uh, domestic violence and it is for them, damn near psychedelic. I mean, for their genre yeah, that they're is. doing, because they super slow it down and, and, and you know, almost have a balladish chord structure. But just what they're singing about is incredibly heavy, not that it's not on the rest it of is. the album. No, I agree with you. Yeah, this album definitely is more experimental than what preceded or came after it. And I don't know what that is about that moment in their life. They were just willing to try more shit, but. You got them in trouble with the label, I think. <laughs> so, it might be something similar to, I was going to say, it might be something similar to, like, you know, Mustang getting, like, not quite getting number one. It's like, I've got to get number one and trying more things to maybe more it's palpable to more people. Sure. Yeah, I don't know the dynamic with Warner. I can't imagine. Well, as Ben pointed out, they marketed it. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that could be the producer that they're using. Uh, on this one and i don't remember who produced uh, state of the world address but if you i can hear um allison chains and jane's addiction on this in a way that i sure as shit don't on any of the other albums um so yeah uh for the record though uh, as as i said state of the world address came in at at 50 or in the 50s on billboard of 48 actually this came in at number 170 on the billboard 200 so you can kind of see why they're yeah i can major label was just about up so shall we move on to the next one? Sure. Yeah, no, that was Let's just my, de- my depressed sigh thinking about the record industry and, uh, you know, how little money these guys made. I mean, people were bitching about it now and it wasn't great then, so. It wasn't. It, it never has been, but there was a time when you could actually make money in it. I'll there say was. that. Um, but a lot of that had to do with controlling your rights and all kinds of other shit. And that's an entirely different fucking conversation. It is. Um, anyway, on to album number five. New World Disorder, released on June 8th of 1999, this time on Mercury Records. Has a runtime of 53 minutes and 37 seconds. It was recorded in New York and Los Angeles. Uh, the producer was Ed Stasium. I'm not sure who the fuck he is. 
no offense, Ed. Personnel is Evan Seinfeld, bass guitarist, lead vocals. Billy Graciedo on guitar and lead vocals. Rob Echevera comes in for lead guitarist. And Danny Schuler on drums. I oh. had this album already, as I said to you. I paid money for this album. Sorry, were you going to give more info? Yeah, uh, Ed is the guy who uh, produced State of the World Address. My bad, Ed. You had previous experience with the band. Indeed. Yeah, I already had this album. I always liked it. It's, it's it's interesting. I think the only one where the helmet guitarist is on it. I don't think he's on the ones before or after. I know he's not on the ones before. Um, Correct. You know, he's, he's, it's only appearance this Are you talking of Rob? Yes. Echeverria. Yeah. It's got uh, him listed on Wikipedia, I thought. Or well, is that the I'm, live album that he's on? That's the live album. That's when okay. he came. He showed up when they were on tour. Uh, this album also has got some cool cameos. Christian Old Wolvers and mm-hmm. Eeyore Cavalera's on here. So and Sticky Fingers. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, no, of course, on the last track, so, who is which is very fingers? Judgment Night. Anytime that song came out, I started singing fucking Judgment Night. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, wait, this is not the same song, but it almost is. So Sticky Fingers was the lead rapper for a rap group called Onyx, who they oh. collaborated with on the Judgment Night soundtrack in that track. Exactly. And then they also did a cut for Slam, which was Onyx's big hit, because mm-hmm. uh, there was a metal version of that was released. And there were like three or four videos in a row, those dudes were together, and you saw them together all the time. This white hardcore band and this African American rap group hanging out together. In the videos, you would see them being arrested and thrown into fucking the meat wagons and shit. It was just uh, an interesting aesthetic and commentary all the time. This, I'll go ahead and spoil it. This, maybe it's just because that's when I sort of got into them, and Uncivilization is maybe my favorite period of theirs because i feel like they still have some judgment night going on they're really really amazing at playing their instruments but they're not yet so angry as they are in killer be killed that i'm worried they will kill me i don't know like something that one it's a more of a controlled rage maybe um and i guess i'm just a bit nostalgic for that sort of late 90s early 2000s stuff but so this is an album I actually knew pretty well. And I would argue from start to finish is quite good. I know we're talking, I'm not talking about songs yet, but this is a, I know for Ben, maybe it was a little long, but at 53 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of long, especially for this band, but uh, I still liked it. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it's good. What did you think of Tracy? I know this is I really enjoyed time. this. I enjoyed this one. Um, I think this one was more consistent throughout stylistically than the other one, but just not saying a lot our conversation last time but i feel like i don't have any time spent with uncivilization so i'm not for sure quite exactly how it played in how the other two intermesh i guess you could say they have a pretty similar sound yeah and approach i mean they're not identical but and so it kind of makes me wonder how much billy hamill brought to the writing or bobby hamill brought to the writing process and from Mataleo into new world disorder well he wasn't on the last album i thought bobby hamill was on Mataleo. No, it's Evan Seinfeld, Billy. He had left know. after State of the World Address. Yeah, exactly. DJ Lethal and Danny Schuler. Graziade. I actually don't know how to say Billy's last name. Graziade. I want to make him Italian, but he's not. <laughs> so Graziade. But that's not uh, his name. He's not Italian. I thought he was. Maybe no, I think I think both Jewish. Uh, that's entirely possible. I know Seinfeld is because there were yeah, early yeah. argument. I mean Seinfeld, but they're at the beginning. People yeah. were like this. These people are Nazis. They're like. Oh. Like no, we're not. Yeah, I just know that when he like releases a a solo album in a few years, he calls himself Billy Bio for Biohazard, just uh, so, to avoid this confusion about how to pronounce his last name. So, oh yeah, this album's pretty fucking solid all around. I don't, and it's definitely like I said, I wanted to walk around work, crab walk, and just that hardcore walk. You know, you, you squat low, take large steps, and just kind of rock back and forth. The Popeye. Yeah, I guess you could say. <laughs> just That's, It makes me think of Popeye more than a crab. But I think that this is still a very good album. Um, it's not as experimental, but I actually think it's a much more mature album, which is only three years later. But a lot can happen in three years, especially when you're turning yeah. on the world. I think that and they've always been political, but on their earlier albums, it was much more of a street level. This Agreed. is the shit that's going wrong in our our neighborhood kind of stuff. Now that there seems to be, uh, there was a little bit of it with the last album with Modern Democracy, but now there's a much more yes. nuanced view of politics and the world situation, which again probably comes from having traveled all over the world on tour that I see in these songs. And I, I do enjoy that quite a bit. 
I think that's very well said. I think that's why I like Uncivilization so much. And this one, both of them start getting into kind of like macro politics, you know, global structures. Now, some of the songs are a bit insane. Like on Uncivilization, there's a song that is kind of about coronavirus. Anyway, we're not, I know we're not reviewing that album. But yeah, these albums are political in a much more sort of view from 30,000 feet way than Urban Discipline, certainly. Yeah, it's almost like Zach De La Rocco was back there somewhere giving them lectures backstage or something. Yeah, it's got that. And I dig that. I mean, part of it is maybe the yeah. era we were in. It was a weird time. Oh, yeah, it was. What it was to be youthful during that time. Mm, yeah. Ignorance is bliss, I guess you could say. I mean, I wasn't that ignorant. I was already, well, having police altercations and like demonstrating. Well, and for shit, me at but... that time, I was super ignorant. I was like 12. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's fair. I don't expect you to be at our, you know, the Iraq it was a different terror, flavor ter- of dystopian is what I would it, say. It was, yeah. No, I don't expect you to be at our Iraq War is a Terrible Idea demonstration, Tracy, at age 12, so that's fair. <laughs> but this album, uh, you know, it opened strong and middle strong and it's strong. Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and talk about the tracks then. Yeah. So, David? I just like, I really, this. I'm going to be Ben on here, I like near pretty much all of these songs. I think it, it opens very strong. Resist and Switchback are both really cool songs. The middle, maybe, I, I will agree with you, Ben, maybe we could have trimmed it a little like some of the, some of the middle tracks there's not a whole there's less variety on this one than mata leao yeah. um but that whole arc from cycles of abuse dog of war into neural disorder is awesome a neural disorder just makes me want to scream judgment night even though i know that's not the song it is but isn't it like it's i feel like it's judgment night too. the reckoning it's, it's so good though it's so good no it's so good um <laughs> And it gives it, and, and I think it is a much needed, I don't want to call it necessarily palate, palate cleanser because the meal's fucking over. Dessert, maybe. Um, <laughs> precisely because I think there's uh, less variation on this album than the one we talked about a few moments yeah. ago. I don't agree. I think it's got a, a fantastic opener through Resist, Switchback Salvation, and in my rope, All for None. I think in the middle, it does tend to drag a little bit. Like they probably could have cut up a couple songs and just. Probably kept it at like the 43 minutes and it's just been synced. Bam, 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 bam. And then I think it ends really well with decline, cycle of abuse, dogs of war. And then of course their, uh, their palate cleanser, as David called it with their six and a half minute track on there. It's That's a sure. marathon for them. That is a marathon for them, but it's the best track on the album, in my opinion. Um, so I think it closes very well. I think that the way that the album is sequenced is pretty good. Usually when a song is this or an album is this long and I'm like, yeah, they could cut some tracks off. I have some ideas of what I would cut off this. I don't because I do yeah, think I it's, it's sequenced and arranged so well. Um, all the tracks you guys have already mentioned, I will also agree with. I would also like to add skin and abandoned in place. I think both of those are really fucking powerful songs too. Um, the album, not exactly, but again, the way that the album's laid out kind of builds your tolerance for the long songs because the last three tracks are the longest ones on the album. But I mean, we start off with something at 243, then we go up to 330, then 355, then back down a little bit. And we kind of bounce back and forth between 240 and, and 340 until we get hit by a cycle of abuse, dogs award, new world disorder. And that was a hell of a way to close out this album. I think their last three tracks may be their best songs on the album, literally. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. So even if I wasn't paying attention, I was absolutely paying attention, like, because I was, you know, listening to this while doing other stuff. But when those last few songs come on, oh, it just, it is one of the strongest closing albums I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Kill or be killed. That is the question. It is. Uh, So this is their seventh studio album. Uh, it is the first with their new guitarist, Carmine Vincent, formerly of Nucleus. The rest of the band on this is Billy Graziato, lead vocals, guitarist. I, and I'm probably pronouncing that all kind of fucked up, as David alluded to earlier. Evan Seinfeld, vocals and bass. Danny Schuler on drums. Runtime of this is 36 minutes and 35 seconds on Sanctuary. was the record label. Came out March 18th of 2003, and the producer for this is the band itself. It's just basically a hate matrix. They're so mad on this fucking album. (laughs) They're fucking pissed. And I'm just going to go ahead. Like, there were times hearing this, it's like, am I hearing a Biohazard or a Soulfly album? Because they do get much more groovier in this. And even the vocals. Yeah. I'm like, is that Max Cavalera? I, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Occasionally, I was like, this kind of went all soulfly shaped. And I didn't know this album until I listened to it in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, that's, uh, and I assume it's just Convergent Evolution. Maybe they just toured together. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, they had to have. 
They had yeah. to have. Yeah. I cannot imagine that they didn't cross paths somewhere out on the road. Yeah. I mean, and, for fuck's sake, I mean, they were, they're, they're using Portuguese on, on an album of two, I mean, two albums br- back. E- Igor was on the previous album. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there had to be some shit with Sepultura and So Fly Boat. Yeah. But I definitely like felt very soul fly in this. And I think that might be kind of like that a little bit dipping into groove and the vocals mm-hmm. kind of made, added a bit more anger to this that kind of like added an extra layer of it compared to like their pure hardcoreness. I think, I think what you're, you're hearing there, honestly, is I think that there's more polyrhythms on it in the drums which kind of pushes it into that Soulfly slash Sepultura mm-hmm. zone with the world music and everything and kind of adds that sludge group element to it that isn't on it, the other albums. So I think that's a really good ear, and I think that's what's doing it is because I noticed mm-hmm. that too, that they were doing something, not that hardcore drumming isn't cool, but there was more something more complex yeah. and complicated here than yeah. the standard stuff. I also think they dropped tuning for some of the songs. Also it's, possible, but they're so fucking like heavy it. anyway. Yeah. yeah, they're so heavy. But this album in particular, they're just so pissed off. Like, dead to me. <laughs> Not to get into songs already, but holy God. Indeed. It's, it's just a death scream uh, directed at you, the listener. This, to me, because of that anger, is the one that feels closer to the punk roots. Because it is mm. just so goddamn angry. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, it, it's super angry. But I also feel like it's kind of like this... It's this controlled anger. It's not this lashing out randomly, wildly kind of thing. This is like they're pissed. They know why they're pissed, and they have a target for their anger. And, like, it's very focused. Well, I mean, we should remember that I don't know about Carmine, but the rest of them are New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. And this is the post-9-11 album. So It is indeed. So they most likely lost somebody that they knew during oh, I'm that. sure. I mean, if nothing else, uh, like the, yeah. the toxic cloud of it extended for many, many miles, metaphorically exactly. and literally. Exactly. Yeah. And shit got real stupid real quick in terms of just what the world was looking like. I mean, they recorded this, uh, you know, as that Afghan thing was just ongoing and we were headed for war number two. So yeah. indeed, they released it right around when that war began. So, yeah, you can kind of see that world on fire. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about tracks, but I just want to list some of the Track titles, yeah. Never Forgive, Never Forget, Killer Be Killed, Heads Kicked, Heads in, kicked in, Beaten Senseless, you know, Make My Stand, all that shit. So yeah, Hollow Ground, ground. Yeah. Open Your Eyes. No, it's there was, there was some, definitely some trauma trying, yeah. Yeah. they're trying to get work out here. From a band that was already traumatized. Oh yeah. To the earlier shit. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, this is the most pissed off they ever are to the point that it's almost undisciplined. Like it's... I, I go back and forth because I kind of love the world music soul fly thing that's going on. But part of me misses, there was just a little bit of a, I don't want to call it lightheartedness, but there was something about that kind of 90s, maybe hip hop thing that's just been obliterated with just a, a pressure washer full of hate. Like it's just gone here. Yeah. Instead, yeah. Of the, the kid, instead of the kid jumping rope and over discipline, they're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. the angry ass fucking Rottweilers. And- the kid is choking people with the jump rope. Yeah, <laughs> while buildings are collapsing around them. So, it's... I mean, let's not paint that in too fine a, a a light, though, Tracy, because the kid was jumping rope in a chalk outline. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, she was not okay on yeah. the discipline. Like it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's not okay, but it's it seemed like that seems a little hopeful compared to. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, like, it, there's no hope in this. It's just yeah. Straight. Well, that was living life the best you can in a fucked up situation. So yeah, uh, sure. I will grant you that. Whereas this is just much more straight ahead, uh, pure unbridled anger. Songs. Yeah. Um, I will go first. Please do. Um, again, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm not going to say that all these songs are fucking great, but I don't think any of them are bad. The one thing about it being this focused is that there's not as much differentiation between the tracks. which yeah, depending on. Not- Depending on your thoughts on punk or hardcore, will color how you feel about it. I'm kind of okay with it, especially for a 36-minute runtime. Um, the ones that really do stick out to me, though, I love how the intro bleeds into World on Fire. Didn't mm-hmm. you have something you wanted to say about that, David? Or was that on the next album? I can't remember. It's anyway, the next one. It's okay. the next one. Wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> I will, um, we will. We will talk about how beats to an end opens. Yes, um, but World on Fire, never forgive, never forget. Pretty much. The first half, I think it's real good. And again, I think Hollow Ground, the longest song on this album, is one of the better songs. That's just not quite as good of a closer as 
while was on it's not new world disorder i want to give a shout out to, i agree with you the first half of this album is it's they're bangers but dead to me and song it's just so much unbridled unrepentant anger i just i almost thought my laptop was gonna choke me out anytime that and because uh, i'd be like typing away like blah 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 i'm gonna give you a b and then that would come on and you know d minus it's just reducing grades sorry sorry students like i just you know you're dead to me or you're at least dead to biohazard for sure <laughs> for me i really would enjoy i think this album's probably pretty damn good all this sounds pretty damn good all around but never forgive never forget heads kicked in dead to me and i fucking love hollow ground like i that's probably my favorite song i've heard by them high high praise my man high praise Maybe. I don't know how you felt about this. I'm not about to be talking like it's it's the best song ever, but it's... It's the best song ever written. It's the best (laughs) song ever written of the week. And this other track on this album is just as good. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you just know the greats, Ben. That's true. That's true. It's not impossible for it. It's not impossible. Two of the best songs ever written on it. We just review, like, Seasons of the Abyss and Rust and Peace in the same week. Like, I don't... Yeah. um, Yeah, it's good stuff. If you really want to think about, like either caving in someone's head or getting your head caved in, I can't recommend this album enough. That would be a, a good soundtrack to a some mob movie. Just something pure. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Oh, on to their eighth studio album, where Scott Roberts from the Cro-Mags and the Spud Monsters replaces Carmine Vincent as the guitarist, released on SBB Steam Hammer Records, Released on August 30th of 2005, produced by Billy Graziato, Scott Roberts, and Danny Schuler. So Evan was not involved in the production of this particular album. The rest of the band is actually significantly bigger. They they brought in some additional help because they have Evan on vocals and bass, Billy on vocals and guitar, Scott Roberts on guitar, Keith Rooney on bass and vocals, Brian Worland on bass and vocals, then Danny Schuler on drums and percussion. So another Germany connection, their label is German by this point. Mm-hmm. SPV. Um, should I talk about the intro? <laughs> so it opens with a sound that will probably not mean a lot to most Gen Zers. And even some millennials, though some places still use it, it is the World War II through Cold War era air raid siren, that unmistakable shrill sort of howling thing that goes up and down. And, you know, Murray still uses it in all its wisdom, I guess, because we like the old ways. So anytime a tornado is coming, I'm slightly worried it's a nuclear attack. Um, but my my two favorite associations with that sound are just stories I'm going to share is one when it sounded this morning, I was listening to this album, just banging it out, putting stuff on canvas. Uh, my daughter, who was in here playing with Barbies, was like, what is that sound? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, that sound. I'm like, oh, this? Oh, it's an air raid siren. And I just was going to leave it at that because I didn't really want to elaborate. She's like, well, it sounds like a wolf and it's freaking me out. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, no, play it again. So she, <laughs> made, so she uh, you know, so she made me, I played my life my way like three times in a row. <laughs> um so that happened she was i know she just wants to embrace the darkness i guess so she's convinced it's some sort of demonic wolf preparing us to be bombed um my the other association I have it's not yeah oh, shit dude i well i remember like in the 80s ben i'm sure you remember this too they were by the 80s they were not even pretending we were going to survive they yeah, started just no. lying to us and like they told us they were tornado drills but then suddenly mm-hmm. they stopped in like 89 and I even remember, I was like, why are we not doing this anymore? They're like, shut up. Like, they, they, had, they basically were lying to us by that point in a, a different way than duck and cover, which was also a lie. Yeah. Um, but uh, one, and then I'll shut up talking about A-Raid Sirens. But it's such a distinctive sound for anyone their age, too, because they're in their early 50s. So they got even more of that Cold War bullshit than we did. But um, so when I was in Berlin working, you know, God, what was that? I guess it was 03. There was a tornado because of climate change. They didn't used to have them. They did now. And they sounded that fucking thing. And I was outside. And I'll never forget as long as I live. Everybody ages like probably 60 and lower was looking around kind of nervous. And everybody in their 70s to 80s and up stared straight into the fucking sky. Like totally instinctively froze and looked up. 
meaning they were just back in this place where the Royal Air Force was incinerating them. So, Tracy, I'm super... Well, I mean, I guess you got your own taste of the post-Cold War military, but man, this Cold War shit, I think, fucked us up in ways that this exact generation Gen X, because I guess they're sort of older Gen X in ways that I am not sure, Ben, we've entirely processed, because we just got more stupid after that, like, you know, 9-11. Like, more stupid just came down the pipeline so fast. But, um anyway so that's my those those are just some of my free associations with the air raid siren it is a very distinctive opener that haunts my daughter's nightmares but she wants me to play it over and over what did you do to that child i don't know had her (laughs) it's the culmination of years of slayer as a i mean joined thunderdome like what do you think happened to her like so uh the peanut gallery said the tornado siren is called a klaxon yes indeed Hence my side project, Ku Klux Klaxon, which is an exploration <laughs> of Southern nuclear. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I got nothing. It's not a thing. And you, you brought the post-Cold War kind of aspect of that. And, you know, we went, when I was with you in Berlin, we went to that bomb shelter. And my training in the military was actually specifically dealing with chemical, nuclear and biological attacks and decontamination of them. And so as they're going through, we're going through that. And like, this is what we used here. And I'm like, I had to hold my breath to be like, uh you're wrong we did that's not how this thing would have been utilized here it would have been a completely different process of bringing people in and out and pretty much it wouldn't have been going out it would have been hey we shut the doors we're stuck here for about two years have fun we're not sending nobody out to even attempt to go out this except it was very clear from the bomb shelter that they didn't intend anyone to go in or out they didn't intend anybody to live because yeah they didn't intend anyone to live that was the thing that was so insane about that place is what was the fucking point of trying to survive in berlin when the red Army not only was where the bombs were dropping the red army was rolling through you like did you want to be alive i want to point out that was a city that knew the red army's lash like no one else like they just another taste of that with nuclear weapons they're like nope I'm done. Just seeing all the scarring still in the buildings. I mean, bad. And then, uh, of course, the obvious stuff like going to the um, concentration camps and stuff. But just seeing the obvious battle damage yeah, fucking sure. 60, 70 years later. That was just, fuck, dude. Yes. And that war would have been, while the most horrible thing Berlinders could ever imagine, actually preferable to what they would have gotten in the 80s. Mm-hmm. In terms of just the level of destruction and horror, oh, yeah. I mean, literally people in moon suits were going to be stepping over their shattered skulls in a sort of Skynet-esque manner. Yeah, and you got your allies telling you that it's going to be all right. Oh, it's going to be fine. Except it would be the allies themselves would have been popping nukes as they retreated to the Rhine. Uh, much as they which, realized. <laughs> but, I mean, their, you know. They knew that. That was their first line of defense. <laughs> They're like, all right, everyone. We're out. They were literally going to pull back to the Rhine and nuke everything behind them. Uh-huh. So, so that's a thing, everyone, that Fucking exists Americans, that yeah. we don't think about that affected their childhood, apparently, because they open with that and they mean it. I mean, it affected our childhood. You know, you, you tell the story of them not even bothering to lie to us, but I can remember being lied to a little bit because, yeah, they would say it was tornado warnings, but we had two different fucking things. Because when I first started, we were still doing some of that duck and cover bullshit in Kentucky. Uh, and then it transitioned. So I'd be like, oh, well, this is a, a tornado drill that we're going to go out into the hallway and you're going to put a book over your head for it. But this uh, other one, you're going to get under your desk. And it's like, what the fuck, you know? And then here's a tornado drill where we need you to put on these suits, pick up these weapons and <laughs> Wolverines! Like that was, uh, that's type three. The Red seldom Dawn. Used Red Dawn. Yeah. Shit, y'all. Yeah, they're they're like 51, 52. They're in their early 50s. So they're, yeah. they were ruined. Uh, Seinfeld is 55, we so I'm not sure what the, the age of the other guys in the band. Yeah, Billy's 51, so they're all in that. About a decade, a decade more of stupid than we got. Mm, Or two decades more stupid than Tracy got. (laughs) No, I just got a bunch of George W. Bush propaganda. Oh, Jesus. Too young to resist it? I mean, I guess you did some. You're still with us. but Yeah, Yeah, you get get your poison one way or another. You either get it because of the commies or you get it because of the A-Rap. I mean, you're getting your poison one way or another in the American system. Can I comment on the album cover for a moment? Yeah, dude, go ahead. I mean, oh, God. It's like the kid from Urban Disciplines, like, grown up a bit, one of the two kids, and he's realized there's no point whatsoever. There's, like, a dead city behind him, orange clouds that might be poison gas, and he's in a fucking cemetery. Yeah. Like, the art from... I mean, again, I don't want to overstate the uh, maybe optimism of urban discipline, but we're at least playing, you know, hopscotch is happening. Double Dutch might be occurring. Double Dutch is done. 
by means to an end. There's a grave with a biohazard sign painted yeah, on it. That's yeah, that's the grave. Hit the fan. Yeah, that's the grave where the fucking demo tapes for the first recording of this album are buried. Because <laughs> they literally had to do this album twice. Indeed. Oh, shit. <sighs> oh, shit. It's right. Oh, shit. I mean... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it made it tighter. It's a tight album. I mean, I would not wish any on anyone losing that much studio time, but they, they, you know, when they got back together and did it again, they they did it well. It's a good. It's a good album. Yeah, it's kind of a a real throwback to their early sound. It's, it's a little bit more of the rap core in it. Um, it's probably why I like it. Could be. Could be. Um, again, it's thirty four minutes. Not a whole lot of a difference between tracks. I mean, if you're used to this style, which I am, you can tell the difference. But I mean, if you were just to put it on and be like, okay, uh, which song is this again? Which of the shouty chorus? There it is. There it is. I mean, my kid will ask specifically for the wolf, the howling wolf. Sure. So, so sure. at least my life, my way made an impression. That's true. That's true. Kings never die. Um, yeah, this album, 34 minutes. It goes, it goes quick. Boom, 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 boom. It's done. Yes. And I really do like the rap core stuff. I miss that a tiny yeah. bit on the album before this, which is not to say Kill or Be Kill is not good, but I have to admit I prefer this a little bit. I just I want a little bit of that 90s biohazard experience. <laughs> I feel like this album is much more of a, is also a kind of return to form for them because you know he had that deviation with Kill or Be Killed, and this feels like it's much more back to, like, I could just say what made Biohazard Biohazard. In some ways, yes. Um, it, it's definitely a throwback to that sound. It doesn't really replicate it for me, though. Partially because before they would actually bring in rappers to do the rap parts. I mean, that's what made it so cool was just that really crossover. I mean, yeah, Evan or Billy would try and rap some and, you know, to, to more or, or Evan actually could do it pretty well. Billy, not so much. Um, so but it, it made it feel like the, the two genres were in communication in a way that them doing it more self-contained on this particular album doesn't do. And I True. get it, man, especially after maybe they had some of that on the Who tracks. Who even knows? Got, yeah, exactly. Who knows? I've wondered and, and, that myself. And they couldn't afford to have guys come in anymore or they just, you know, they were busy doing stuff. It was an entirely different world. I mean, Cypress Hill was one of their big collaborators. Uh, who knows what the fuck they were doing? Uh, oh, I, I think I you know what no they were life. doing. I think well, they were yes. high in Fair. a ditch or high in their <laughs> mansions. But yeah, one of the two. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, who the fuck knows what Onyx? I haven't heard of Onyx in a long ass time. So I don't he's know. a producer now. Uh, you know, I think cool. they went their separate ways. Was, yeah. yeah. So maybe it was just that their collaborators were busy, or they brought them in and couldn't afford to bring them in again. Because I mean, fuck, this is like oh. their fifth fucking record label. That they're yes. on by this point, so and a small I, I don't one, want man. It was yeah. big-ish now, but then it was quite tiny. Yeah, so uh, who knows with all that stuff? But with that said, and also, even though they're attempting to do that early biohazard sound with all these other guys coming into play, it doesn't quite sound like biohazard to me. And maybe mm, that's I'm letting the fact that I know that these other musicians are playing in it points it in my head a little bit, but it's still good. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting up here bitching and slagging on it. Like I hate this album. I don't, I think it's really good. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, um, of the four, it is my least favorite that we've talked about, but it's still pretty strong. Let's talk about some tracks. Yeah. Let's, um, my life, my way made an impression on my child. A deep, lasting, terrifying impression. And is a very effective opener if you are haunted by that stupid fucking sound like I am. Yes. I mean, it's, this is the tone it sets. And again, I think it is evoking, I think it is more of a nod to the uncivilization um, New World Disorder era. Like, we're not going to be necessarily reveling in the disasters at the street level. This is, you are about to get incinerated. Yeah. From, the, from space. Yeah. Global concerns. Global this isn't concerns. some junky jacking you as you're walking to the subway. Yeah, oh no. This is some fucking politician pushing a button and everybody you know dying. Just ending you. Um, and fire. No, it's again. There's not. I don't think there's a lot of fat on this album. I think there's very little. Agreed. With no, that. it's a very trim album. It's trim. I mean, each, all the songs are about three minutes ish. I know a couple of them are four. Uh, they flow quickly from one to the next. There is not a lot of variation. I will concede that, though. I think there's a little more than on Killer Be Killed. A little bit in terms of the sound. Um, I did miss actual well, other uh, people from hip hop coming on board, but as you say, Evan and Billy do an okay job. I mean, they they're certainly no more annoying than Fred Durst. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> so, or Mushroomhead. So, so um, 
it's fun and then 34 minutes it's just done it's over and then your kid's like play that awful wolf shit again and i do <laughs> i just started over so, again uh, that's gonna be a very informing childhood of hearing metal while playing with barbies oh and she's gonna i can't wait till her therapist gets to hear about all this i mean i know <laughs> no matter what i do something i'm gonna do something wrong but if biohazard is what it was guilty as charged i mean break it away from me that's yeah yeah uh filled with hate I really enjoyed that one. Break it away with me, like David said, and set mm-hmm. me free were probably three of the tracks I really pulled away from it. I didn't quite have the uh, scaring my daughter if moment oh, like David did. So I don't sure. my life, my way didn't really didn't quite have that touch to me. Yeah. It just made me think of a combination of my skull being crushed by a robot foot and my daughter in therapy in twenty years. So those were two images that I could just take with me. Without a doubt. For me, I, I do like My Life, My Way. Um, the Klaxon use in metal has a long pedigree. And um, I, I think back to Bring Your Death when we did the Dancing Glass. Um, For sure. The Firebirds Inside is cool. Killing to be free. Filled with hate. Again, there's not necessarily a bad track on there's here. There's not. Kings Never Die, Don't Stand Alone. Uh, uh, to the Grave, the, the penultimate track on the album, I think it's also very, very good. And I think it's interesting to pair that with the closing track, Set Me Free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wonder about or if that was intentional by the se- when they see what's center or what. I mean, look at the album cover, dude. Yeah, exactly. So probably so. Uh, when you've made an album twice, you've, <laughs> you have considered the arrangement. Yeah. Uh, if not the first time, certainly the second. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm sure they're probably like, fuck this album. Let's just send out some fucking demos. Fuck this album. Let's I still think it's good. And Ben made this point. Even if it's not their strongest album, it's a good album. Yeah. It's got a good beat. You can bug out to it. <laughs> that is very true. All right. Well, that's now time for grades, shit. Grade some shit. Get them in here. Uh, I'm sure Tracy has 10 spreadsheets that are in three dimensions and holographic where he's I've considered. Got- two pulled up at the moment uh, well that's two more than i have pulled up you know i've pulled yeah. up their discography and i'm done <laughs> yeah exactly i have wikipedia pulled up Here's i have a list wikipedia. of their albums as they exist in order that's all i have don't hate on my spreadsheet game i know it, our, no, our whole totally. machine would break down without it like we can that's mock right. it but you're the bureaucracy that makes the throne fun. i mean it just wouldn't exactly fun. Without you, we would just be stumbling through the wilderness and shoes that didn't fit. So, oh, you and me, yeah, shoe list, dude. Just listening to Biohazard, it'd be <laughs> yeah. a mess. It'd be a would mess. Do. You guys, it's like, I we're gonna do Slayer for the twelfth time. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we we feel like we missed something the third time we reviewed South <laughs> so of Heaven, so we're going back in. We're going back in deep. We're going this time. We're going to do what if Max Cavalera had saying rest in peace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to imagine like what would have happened if Tom Araya had actually turned his bass up. His base had been plugged in. What would that have sounded like? Oh, shit, muffins. All right, we got to grade these. We got four albums to grade. And they're all, they range to me from good to good ish. Yeah. All righty. Mato Leo. I'll go. I'll go first. I'm going to give it a yeah, B minus. It's good, but I, for me, I think it was my least favorite album before we've did. And so B minus. That's how I felt. It was my least favorite of these four. Um, it, which is a shame. I make I almost feel like now I feel guilty after hearing Ben talk. Like, am I punishing them for experimentation? Am I a dick? I don't know. But I, I mean, the answer is yes. I punish people for experimenting all the time, so don't go back. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna give this album a B, though, because to me, Biohazard, even with like an arm ripped off and half their face melted, it still can just throw down with the best of them. So it's a B. I'm gonna give it a slightly higher grade than you guys. Um, I it is not my favorite album of theirs but i do love the experimentation that they do and this that is probably the broadest that they ever reached and the the most they tried to play with different genres and styles other than rap um so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it an a no that's fair no i know these are your boys so yeah yeah i mean you heard my dumb ass grades when we were doing fear factory and slayer Oh, what shade of A is it going to be? Anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I felt the same way about those bands. So I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, so much. To, we got to really split hairs. So that's still decent. An A, B, B minus. Yeah. That's a passing average. They get to go. They get to leave college. They do. New World Disorder. 
I can go first. I this is probably my favorite of these albums, and maybe my second favorite Biohazard album. Period. I'm not going to lie. I like Uncivilization more. Um, so I probably would give that an A, and I'm going to give this one an A minus, which is still quite respectable. Again, Biohazard's not my favorite, but this album is cool and very listenable. A minus. Did I mention A minus? Did. To the surprise of no one who listens, uh, me and David are generally pretty simpatico. Um, and actually, I might have given this a B plus, but when I was listening to the two of you talk about it, that made me decide to bump it up a little bit. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it is. It is very, very good. And, you know, uh, so A minus. Uh, just second what David said. I get influenced by you sometimes, too. Like, I really second guess Model A. I'm like, man, I'm an asshole. I'm just, they're like adding ukulele and shit and I'm downgrading them. It's not, it's not cool. It's not cool. What do you think, Tracy? Uh, for me, this is probably my second favorite of the four we did. I'm going to give it a B plus. Tight. Point. And that brings us to kill or be killed. And it's, that makes it my turn to go first. This, sure. as angry as that album was, it is so coherent. And even if there's not a whole lot of, um, experimentation or variance in it it also is fairly short so it just is a swift fucking baseball bat to your cranium and i'm going to give it a b plus so it's been heaven Mm -hmm. it's pretty close yeah this was probably my favorite album we did this was my favorite album that we did of for this group of biohazard albums uh i really enjoyed the anger the sound just that piss and vinegar that they brought in this one, like this, this sound overall in this album, I really enjoyed. So I'm gonna give it an A, a strong A minus, like a 92.4, like a 93. I was gonna probably give this album a B because, in some ways, I like it about as much as Mata Leao. But as we talked about it more, in the minute I heard the word Soulfly, like my mind drifted. No, I, uh, it's, it is. <clears throat> Well, not maybe as disciplined as what comes before or after it. Uh, just such a expression of raw rage. Um, I think also my listening experience was hampered by having to listen to it on YouTube. Not to be whiny, but that changed the dynamic. So usually spoiled. I can, like, jam out my big ass headphones. You know, I'm so spoiled. Well, no, I mean it. It meant I was listening to it on my stupid laptop as opposed to you know banging with giant headphones out in the yeah. wilderness with a spear like I usually am an Uzi. It's like, I couldn't do that. So, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to give this a B. Plus. All right. Means to an end. Uh, I can go first. I think this album is about as good as kill or be killed. I'm not conflicted at all. I love it. It's super awesome. I'm going to give it a high B plus. I'm going to give it an 89. It's good. It's good shit. Especially since I do it twice. For me, this album is probably the most, I guess you say encapsulates all of the four ways to like a biohazard kind of like, where they've been, where they came from, where they're at kind of album. And it's really good, but Kill or Be Killed, I think New Order's were going to kind of nudge it out a little bit. I'm going to give this a B, an 85. So I was going to give this a B, but that whole that they had to re-record it thing, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that had to suck. Yeah. And even if they, you know, even if it's the same tracks, and it's not that they lost the songs, they just had to re-record them. Um, because of the sheer degree of difficulty of that, I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah. Hardcore. You can get an album at all out of that. Yeah, yeah. They are lucky. And so are we. Yeah. Um, no, there's a ton of bands that if something like that had happened to that, that just would have been hit. Would have been like, fuck. It's a disaster. Currently three ambulances and every dog in the entirety of my neighborhood are all wailing at the same time. I mean, it's that spectral wolf, dude. Spectral wolf, dude. Play that wolf again. I'm really terrified with this. Play that shit again. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's that's that, my that, kid. I'm like, that's oh, damn. hardcore as fuck. <laughs> I know she's not messing around. I have a feeling she no, may no. actually frighten me. Some of the shit she's gonna get into. Uh, yeah, it's part yeah. of the black metal lifestyle to wear such things. I mean, who even <laughs> she's she's gonna be full on black metal, or she's gonna be tank top, camo pants, and black boots. I don't know, no, dude. I'm dude. gonna I'm gonna come up with just a short list of like, please don't burn down churches. Please don't wear your rival's bones on stage. <laughs> please do not climb the window of your dead friend, take a picture of them, and put it on the cover of your next album. Like, there's some basic yeah. things that I'm hoping 
do not happen. She's going to be so goddamn black metal, but with such fucking style. Oh, I know. She's, <laughs> she's going like, to make me drop her off a mile away from school so no one sees me. Yeah, My that. wife did, did that shit to her dad. I'm not joking. She was I like, I mean, you drop me off here so I can walk so they don't see your El Camino, which, you know, my friend Dan and I would think was fantastic, but that's not yes. how my wife felt about it. <laughs> so it's that, or she's going to go complete 180 and be like Robin have the perfect sense of style. I don't know. It's, well, so I think a, it's going to be that combination. I think she's going to have a perfect sense of style, but it's going to be like, yeah, it's just going to be incredibly dark and insane. Well, she's got to be ready because one of the dumb timelines in the future that sends robots back to kill people, like she's got to be ready. Which, you know, apparently that franchise added additional timelines with other fucking robots that want to kill us. I'm like, are they you serious did. right now? They Why? rebooted it twice. The Legion or whatever that, I know, it's so stupid. We don't, that's a different podcast where you and I, we yell about fucking sci-fi reboot attempts that go terribly wrong. Anything to do with Prometheus? Anyway, so... <laughs> Different podcast, everyone. False alarm. This was Biohazard, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you for doing this with us and to us, Ben. Exactly. Our next blast is going to be brought to you courtesy of me, and we are jumping straight into the prog and doing a blast of the ocean with the Precambrian, Heliocentric, Anthropocentric, and Pelagial. I love that shit, and I have to look up a bunch of science words. <laughs> like, are these de- levels of depth in the ocean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. I'm pumped. No, that'll be fun. Um, the Ocean Collective is pretty cool, so it'll be interesting to check that out and see what the the tracks that we haven't listened to are like. Mm-hmm. Well, I assume Tracy's listened to them. I haven't. Listened to them. I haven't. I haven't heard Precambrian or Heliocentric. I've done Anthropocentric and Pelagial. Which after the blast, we have one ocean album for me to listen to. Uh, yeah, I listen to Precambrian. I guess I've listened to a little bit of all of it. It's on my navel gazing playlist brought to you by Tracy. You're but, welcome. Uh, yeah. Tracy gaze. <laughs> the Tracy, Tracy gaze. Headshot. I, yeah. I'm personally preferable to Ben's least favorite album, least favorite playlist. But well, I, I think would... Ben likes the Ocean Collective more than some of the stuff you can inflict on. I do actually. Those but, guys are fucking amazing. They're good. But, they could play their asses off yeah. for sure. But on that. On that playlist, you also got some Caligula's horse. You got some. Yeah, that's what I mean. If there were a Caligula's horse Mastodon playlist mashup, that is when Ben would just hulk out and <laughs> Ben smash. Just take your spine and choke you with it. He'd, he'd be killer, be killer. Just like I'm gonna put this in here. He would just play dead to me, like on eleven, and then go turn go beast mode on us. Well, that was a pleasure, my brothers. And- I guess. We'll catch you next time on Thunderdome Metal Review.